Welcome to the Tag Republic podcast, a weekly chat with Carolina Guzik about all things marketing. Some episodes are short tips that you can implement in your business right away, while others are in-depth conversations with industry leaders. Whether you're a new photographer searching for some knowledge or an established professional with years of experience, Carolina offers fresh and innovative advice that can help you transform your photography business. This episode is sponsored by The Art of Pinning, a self-paced Pinterest class for wedding and lifestyle photographers. If you are having a hard time driving traffic into your website or SEO is overwhelming you or the people that are visiting your website are not the kind of visitors, aka they're not converting into clients, then this class is for you. You can find more information at www.thetalkrepublic.com forward slash Pinterest or just follow the link in the notes. Now, enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Talk Republic. I'm Carolina Gossic, your host, and today, all the way from sunny California, we have Gavin. Gavin, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. I'm really excited about chatting with you about a super interesting topic. Yeah, it's it's one that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, so I'm really excited to dive in. I, you know, I, I promise to shoot it to you straight here. <laughs> with, uh, being on both sides of the table, both as a photographer and then also uh, as a business owner that's serving photographers. So. Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about from vision to execution, tackling new ideas. So what about before we dive deep, you tell me who you are and what do you do? Absolutely. So... Oh gosh, I feel like I'm a dinosaur in the photography space now. I've been I've been a photographer for 13 plus years. Uh, I can only take half of that credit though. My wife and I started this business together when we were dating and just decided, hey, we liked our day jobs. We didn't love them. Like if we could do it all over again, what would we do? And so we just, the answer actually was the same thing, photography. So we dove in, uh, invested our life savings into camera gear, as I always joke, it's not very glamorous. It sounds glamorous, but it just means we got one camera body and one lens each. And we're like, okay, we're photographers, I guess. Like, how do we do this, right? Um, and, and in terms of just bringing ideas to life, that was the first one. That was the first leap um, that we ever took. And then fast forward a few years in our business, we had 50 plus weddings, 50 plus engagement shoots in a given year. Uh, and we were just drowning in our workflow. And again, it was that frustration over dinner where it's like, oh, I... I don't know how to deliver images to my clients in a way that like we're really proud of as a business and something that saves us time and doesn't, you know, take more time out of our, you know, of our daily schedule. And it doesn't feel like an afterthought, but rather the like highlight of their experience with us. And so from similar frustrations came this next idea, like, well, let's build something. If only just to help ourselves, uh, I want to build something that can help photographers create a better experience, streamline their workflow behind the scenes and help them look like rock stars to their clients when it comes to delivering, sharing, and selling their work online. So a couple ideas, a couple crazy ideas, a couple big leaps there, but here we are, fast forward, I guess, well, since starting photography business 13 years later, and you know, it's going on seven years now with CloudSpot. So no uh, no stranger to you know bringing ideas to life and, and learning a lot of hard lessons along the way. Oh, so good. And I really admire people that can work with their partner because I would I wouldn't be here. Like half, <laughs> half an hour into that endeavor, I'll be like, I quit. I cannot do, cannot do this. <laughs> I know everyone jokes. You're either going to get along really, really well and it's going to work or you're just going to kill each other on day one. It's just one or the other. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I will be like the second one. I'm like, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> so, so interesting. I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, you start this kind of like as a, as a hobby. You're like, okay, let's see what we love. Let's put this together a little bit into, or a couple of years into the frustrations that start to show up. Right. And I love how we're like, oh, we're going to be photographers and it's going to be amazing. And at the beginning it is amazing. And then like the reality of like the, the job starts to like yes. show up and you're like, Ah, I mean, this is amazing, but this is also work. And, you know, and as you mentioned, frustrations starts to arise. And out of frustrations, especially for us creatives, come either solution or ideas, right? We all had a problem and then we're like, I have a solution that I want to implement. And this is kind of like what I want to talk to you about because, I mean, we do, I mean, I don't know, I can, I can only speak for myself. Every day I have a new idea. 
I'm like, this is brilliant. I'm gonna do this. This is so great. And then, I mean, since you've done this before, like, how could how could I prioritize my ideas? Because not all of them are great. Am I great at baking? No, I can't even make banana bread. And every day I'm like, I'm gonna become a baker. How could I make this better? <laughs> uh, you know what? It's you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I, I mean, when we were starting our photography business, I think it was very unclear. You know, and, and I always. You know, something that my business coach taught me uh, very early on was, look, if, if you ever step up to your computer at the beginning of the day and you feel overwhelmed, which I'm sure we never feel overwhelmed, right? As photographers or as business owners, never, no. But just in case, just in case you step up to your computer and you feel overwhelmed, uh, what that means, baseline, is that you're lacking clarity, right? That's it. And, and so it's okay, well, then how do we get clarity, right? And then that translates into how, how do we prioritize, um, you know, not chasing those shiny objects. Like at the end of the day, we need to move our business forward, right? We need to show up. That's the first part. So if you're sitting here, if you're listening here, you did it, right? You're investing into growing your business and you're taking a step forward. But then it's okay, well, then how do we prioritize? How do we implement? And most importantly, which I think is sometimes the thing that gets overlooked and the thing that's the hardest, quite honestly, is executing. That's the toughest. We can have a million ideas. We can have a million priorities and they can be perfectly prioritized. Um, but if you don't execute that, that's what separates so many entrepreneurs from success or failure, you know? And as we've seen, I mean, there are just a few photographers out there, right? And there really aren't that many different priorities in terms of running a photography business. If you were to line them all up in terms of the things that move the needle. So, but what you see some photographers who are successful and some unfortunately who are not. So, you know, just like when you're building products or any business, you could take two business owners with the same, you know, priorities, but they will have completely different outcomes. And that really just comes down to execution uh, and being able to get things done. So. Hmm. Good. But still, I want to know, like, if I'm thinking about all these crazy ideas that I have, some of them are business oriented. Some of them mm -hmm. are like hobbies that perhaps I want to pursue. What would be the best way for me to get clarity and don't get now overwhelmed by all my ideas on top of my business? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, it really comes down to what your goals are, right? And, and goals don't necessarily just have to be business related. I mean, we are people. We need to have a life. We have families. There, there are so many facets that make up who we are as individuals and everybody's goals are different. So, you know, I, I think, you know, first of all, when people say goal, a lot of people describe it as, oh, I want to make $100,000 this year. That's my goal. Okay, great. Like, you know, uh, but how do you get there? And that's where things start breaking down. How, how do I do it? How do I? And oh, and I want to, and I want to travel. Oh, and I want to learn how to bake banana bread uh, and sell that on the sides at the farmer's market, right? And I want to do this and do this. So all of a sudden you've got seven different goals essentially that stack up and then you're like okay what am i focusing on today it can sometimes feel that way um something that i have found to be extremely helpful is rather than just say oh i want to make 100k or oh i want to bake banana bread uh it's uh, what's termed as like an outcome focused goal mm -hmm. and you wrap up a lot of those goals into one statement and i can kind of give you an example here let's let's take the 100k uh, per year example, right? 100K, okay, that's a dollar amount, but what does that actually mean? What does that translate into, into your lifestyle, into how your business is different or how you are different uh, when that goal is attained? So outcome-focused goal would be, you know, in 16 months from now, I want to be averaging $8,800 per month in, uh, in income from my photo jobs, half of it coming from portrait work, half of it coming from wedding work. I want to be able to travel every other weekend uh, such that I can outsource my editing on the weekends that I'm gone. And then when I get back, I'm able to catch up and go right back into X, Y, and Z. So see how you're kind of framing that around more than just, I want to make hundred K or I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. You're wrapping it all up into what we call that outcome focused goal. Um, it, what gets wraps up into there is, uh, life, right? Like quality of life. It gets wrapped. What gets wrapped up in there is emotion. Uh, what gets wrapped up into there is all the things that we care about but you're now putting that under a single umbrella. I think just shifting that focus can oftentimes add a little bit more clarity in terms of, okay, well then what are the really important things here? And am I dropping the ball on one of those things that I have already kind of pointed to the bleachers like in the future and said like, mm -hmm. this is what I want my life to look like. Uh, and so 
Outcome-focused goals can be really helpful in terms of framing all the things you want to get done into what does your life look like when you've accomplished those things? Because it's not just a dollar amount. You can make a ton of money and you can be extremely unhappy, right? Or you could work yourself to the bone and have a ton of money, but you have no opportunity to invest that into experiences or others or even enjoy it, right? So it's just part of the equation, but it's not the whole equation. So that's that's usually how I like to step up to things, whether you're building products or whether you're just wanting to figure out what you want to do with life and what you want it to look like, you know, in a year from now. I think it's important. Uh, as someone that has a lot of ideas myself, I like to kind of like follow a little bit what you're doing, right? Like I have, I have financial goals, but also tied to my financial goal, it's kind of like, how do I want to feel? So I, you know, I follow a little bit of the teachings of Daniel Laporte that is like, it's more important how you feel because that's going to help you reach your goal. So let's say, you know, my financial goal, X amount of money, how do I want to feel this year, joyful, whatever the case is. And then when I start having all these ideas, let's say the one that I'm going to become a baker, uh, I kind of like put it into concept. Is this baking going to make me money? Clearly not, because I'm really bad about it. Uh, Is it going to bring me joy? Then I'll be like, it is. But then I start adding like, how much joy is this really actually going to bring? Because it frustrates me a lot to create banana bread. So then I start adding, you know, when I have a new idea, I can move them up or down, you know, kind of like my stack and then kind of like focus on that. I don't know if this is going to work well for others, but this is how can I, this is a little bit how I prioritize when my brain is going crazy and you know and I have all these kind of like different things that I want to do in my life I have to like stop for a second and be like okay I have to compare to my financial goal compare to like my how do I want to feel goal and then evaluate to see where that fits I mean totally I mean there are so many there are so many slots mentally or even just Mm -hmm. during a given day that can be filled right there are not enough slots in a day I mean as entrepreneurs we wish we could wear more hats than we wear just to get stuff done but that's not always the case especially if you're a solopreneur Mm. Um, but with that outcome focused goal the next thing that you can do to kind of help uh, engineer those outcomes Mm -hmm. is building backwards so instead of saying oh I want to make 100k in a year from now, great, I'm starting in month one. So like, how do I get there? What are my goals? What should I be hitting? Start at that 18 month or that 12 month goal for whatever those, that, you know, whatever that picture that you've painted Mm -hmm. and start slotting in. Okay, well, this is where I should be at at this time. This is where I should be doing at this time. This is where I should be traveling at this time and that time and that time and working it back in terms of those goals. I think a lot of entrepreneurs overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in three five and grossly underestimate what can be done in 10. Um, Absolutely. And I think it's because also we're being bombarded with like, you know, Instagram influencers that apparently they appear out of thinner and now they're like billionaires or whatever. And we're like, well, they did it in a month. I have to reach the same goals in a month. And again, don't believe anything that you see on Instagram, but you know, I think that that has influenced the way that we also think that everything is going to happen overnight. For sure. Uh, I guarantee you 99.9% of those people that you think were just insta famous overnight, uh, they were two, three, four year overnight successes. Exactly. Um, It's just them showing up every single day. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of reaching that escape velocity in terms of their reach in terms of their goals. But make no mistake, they planned it out in terms of how they were going to get there. Because very rarely does it just fall into your lap. And even if it does, don't you know that's the exception that's definitely not the rule right absolutely and talking about this big picture and kind of like uh what you mentioned is like executing kind of like from the end back to the beginning right like okay this is what i want how i'm gonna get there i think that all of us you know the majority of us kind of like have that idea but then we reach this point when we get stuck because it's Mm -hmm. like I don't i don't know what to do next like i have these big ideas i kind of like plan all the way through point x and i don't know how to go from x to y and i think that's when a lot of people either drop the ball or they plateau because they're like i don't know what to do so how could you i mean since you've been through this before how could you help us uh or tips on how we can kind of like help us execute when we don't know what's next which again you don't know what you don't know You know, I wish I had a crystal ball and a perfect <laughs> answer for every single entrepreneur. Every every entrepreneur's journey is different. But I think first just acknowledging that out of the gate is going to help greatly in terms of giving yourself a little grace, knowing that the journey is going to not be a walk in the park. Um, but I'd say more than anything, if you if you're able to reverse engineer those goals and you know, okay, this is this is what I'm going to be focusing my time on and for what outcome, 
right? Then the next step really is that showing up part and, and executing. So then what does that mean? I think we as, we as photographers, especially sometimes just pop up to our computer in the morning and say, okay, I've got this to edit. I've got that to do. I'll get that done later. I really don't want to do that until like the very last minute. And then I'm just going to wait for inquiries to pop in my inbox. And then, you know, the skies will part and things will happen. Right. Uh, I, I'd say, you know, something that, you know, one of my business coaches told me early on was show me your calendar and then I'll tell you your priorities. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and it's, that's exactly it. So like, if you want to be a pro, you know, an expert chef and making banana bread, well, show me the days and times that you're actually carving out where you're turning everything off and you're actually stepping up, you know, and, and you're, and you're practicing. No right? wonder my banana bread is bad. I never <laughs> practice. Uh, well, you know what? I'll give you my address and you can send me any <laughs> practice runs you want to do. That's totally fine. Um, but it's being intentional about actually carving out that time and, and removing those distractions, right? Because there's never going to be enough hours in the day, but you get to focus on where those hours and that time is spent. You think that uh, there is a little bit of uh, ego involved into this? Let's, you know, let's, kind of like talk about this general idea let's say that somehow the person listening to this podcast has a little bit of like success in whatever they're doing right they're photographers they're kind of like successful in what they do and they have this new idea that they want to execute and now they have reached that plateau right because they don't know what they don't know they don't know how to go from an x to y and now they are afraid of asking for help because they're like well i have been portraying this idea that i that i'm super you know secure on what i do that i'm super assertive that i'm super smart and now asking for something that perhaps be perceived as simple uh it's like uh it's like ah this is not good for my ego like i don't want to do this you think a lot of people face that as as creatives i think we have sometimes that default because like oh it's my work so i take really a lot of pride in my work right and and Mm -hmm. as as you should right because it's your craft and it's something that you feel very emotionally connected to Uh, when it comes to the business side of things though that can similarly be your downfall. Um, you know, being in the industry for so long, I've seen a lot of photographers who are amazing at what they do behind the camera, right? Fantastic photographers. But they just said, ah, that's all, it'll, that's all it should take for my business to be successful. Mm-hmm. Just me taking beautiful pictures. Um, the rest will just kind of happen. Uh, not having the business side of things lined up, not being intentional about growing that and seeking out ways to sidestep the potholes and accelerate your learning there that is what's going to make the journey extremely more difficult than it should be right i mean just look just in business in general look at anyone who's been phenomenally successful pick pick your favorite right um every single one of those people have invested a ton of money a ton of time and resources into their education into how do I get there faster? Well, the way that you get there faster is you talk to the people who have already been there. Mm-hmm. You invest into that side of things. You know, when my wife and I decided we wanted to be photographers, we didn't go, great, we got a camera. Uh, let's just go for it, right? No, the, the next call that we made, the next thing that we did is we went to a photography conference that was in LA the following week before our cameras even got delivered, mm-hmm. right? We were at a photography conference just talking to people, soaking things up, trying to figure out how do we springboard this. And then we invested into a mentor. You know, someone you know, who we trusted, someone who we wanted our business to, you know, someone whose business we wanted ours to look like um, in five years from then, right? The types of clients, the type of brand, the type of everything, right? Uh, We invested into that, just like we invest into our education uh, when we go to undergrad or whatever it might be. So all of the best know that they don't know at all. Mm. So you need to go seek out the people uh, that can pull you and push you uh, and to growing and getting outside of your comfort zone. So, you know, as a, you know, as a CEO now with a team and trying to grow a business side of things, um, I, I cannot be the CEO of just what our company is now. I need to be growing and uh, learning to be the CEO. And I need to be the CEO of a company that's 5X our size, such that I can pull the team and challenge the team and pull the product into that direction. Otherwise, we're going to be just capped at what our potential is right now. So does that kind of make sense? Like you, Absolutely. you, gotta, you gotta check the ego at the door because all of the best have invested into their education. So thinking that that's not gonna be you, um, I mean, could be, but it's gonna be a lot more difficult. Instead of, you know, it's instead of taking you a year to get there, it might take you five if you, you know, if you don't know the things that you don't know. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I think for a lot of photographers, especially we want to, we want to jump, start that success. We want to just get there. Right. And we're just like, you know, how do we do it? How do we do it? Uh, and the good news is compared to when we started, uh, when I started, there are a lot more resources out there. Right. Um, so you got to invest, you got to invest the time. You got to carve that out, put it on your calendar. This is where I'm going to be learning X, Y, and Z. These are the places that are, or the areas of the business that I need more help than others, right? That I'm not happy when I'm doing the bookkeeping or the accounting. So, okay, that's, you know, how do I buy back my time in my business uh, for things that I don't enjoy doing? So I can have more time to learn, to invest into growth, to invest into, you know, passions or hobbies, the other things that fit into those calendar slots that lead to those outcome focused goals. I see. Well, let's, you know, we're in this journey that we have an idea, we kind of like are trying to execute it, we move from X to Y. What happens? Because I'm sure this has happened to a lot of us, not only me, what happens when we're like halfway through something and we realize that maybe the idea is not as great as we thought? Yeah. Do yeah. we do we stay motivated and push through or it's also okay to be like acknowledge that might not be so great and just let it go? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I would say, you know, what what have you defined as success or failure, first of all, mm -hmm. uh, in whatever that you're doing, right? And how are you measuring that? And how often are you venturing? Is it just a gut feeling? Is it something that clients are telling you? Uh, is it something that you've tried once and you're like, well, that didn't work, so I'm just going to scrap it? Um, so I, I would say really just kind of take a step back and evaluate, okay, how am I defining success with whatever it is that I'm doing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I would say you need to do that before you even start the thing, right? And rather than just dive in head first. Um, you know, and, and you know, in terms of kind of evaluating, like, is this something that I should even spend my time on? Um, there's this kind of age old like score way to calculate things called the rice um, mm -hmm. score. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's more common in, in products, but it's basically like uh, and they stand for various things. So the R-I-C-E, it's reach, impact, confidence and effort. Mm -hmm. And you assign a numeric value to all of those things. Uh, and that can help you ascertain, OK, is this something that if I spend my time and effort on that, it's actually going to have the impact and return that I would deem as successful. Right. So let's say like, oh, I want to rebuild my website. OK, well, that's obviously going to reach a lot of people. Um, the impact that it could potentially have on my brand could be huge. Uh, how confident am I that I can get it done in the time period that I said I would? And then how long is it going to take the effort? Right. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of uh, break things down into those kind of chunks uh, in terms of, OK, well, how big of a swing is this? Right. And I'm a huge fan of taking small swings rather than mm -hmm. big swings uh, and anything that we put our effort into, whether it be building products uh, or whether it be doing implementing a new tactic or, or something within our business on the photography side. So um, tiny swings means you can fail more quickly. You can get more information. You can get more data that mm -hmm. hopefully feeds into that. It might be, is this a successful thing or not, right? Should I keep going? Um, because the worst thing that can happen is you spend months doing your website or whatever it might be, it launches and your, your reach goes down, like your number of inquiries goes down or something you know, negatively impacts your business. You're like, oh, well, I, I wish I had known that. Like, oh, I just wasted a, you know, a quarter of a year, whatever it might be. So tiny swings. If someone feels like, oh, this isn't really being successful, I would say evaluate what you're marking as success. Uh, talk to other people, right? Don't just be in your cave and be like, okay, I don't think this was successful. Like before you even kick off the idea, you know, hopefully you have a group of people who you rely on for, you know, feedback for, mm -hmm. you know, hey, let me just bounce this off of you and let them challenge it. Let them poke a million holes into it because if you're still defending it at the end of the day, not from a pride perspective, but from a, hey, I feel like this is how I would push through the various barriers that you might be presenting here, then that allows you to have a, a more formulated thought and approach in terms of this actually is going to be worth doing. So, mm -hmm. you know, when I ever, when, as soon as I have an idea about anything, even on cloud spot side of things, whatever, I throw it to the team, right? And I say, hey, poke holes in this. Tell me if, if this is good, bad, horrible, and why, right? And that feedback loop is so crucial because we can't just be operating in a vacuum because we're our biggest fan, right? As, as entrepreneurs, as solopreneurs. So we need to have that community and have that opportunity to get it torn into a million different pieces. And if it's still defensible, if it's still something that we feel like that it's worth doing, then go for it and make sure that it's in the tiniest swing possible so that you can start getting that feedback loop going on whatever it is that you're doing. 
And to kind of like piggyback on this, let's say that, that we have the idea, we go through the right steps. It is a worth pursuing idea. So we move forward, but obviously let's say it's a challenging thing to do. And then, you know, obviously as human nature comes in, when things get tough, we start to get unmotivated. We're like, eh, how could we stay motivated when we know the outcome is going to be good? It's going to be good for our business, but like the getting there is really, really rough. Sure. I mean, first of all, if it were easy, everyone would be doing it, right? Like we, right. we are not we are not spending 70 hours a week, uh, you know, for just something that we aren't passionate about, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we just go to a 40 hour a week job. So first and foremost, if, if you know, if that internal drive isn't there, then that's a bigger, more existential question to be mm -hmm. asking. Um, I would say, you know, if, if you're the type that really needs those little points of affirmation along the way, which I think we all are, we all need those little dopamine hits mm -hmm. uh, and confirmation of, you know, that this is going in the direction that I want it to go, right? And that, that I am uh, moving the needle. Mm -hmm. um, I would say you need to engineer those within the project. Like you need to make sure like, hey, at this point here, uh, I'm going to show this to somebody. I've, I've calendared it out. I'm going to talk with someone, someone different, perhaps, uh, or I'm going to post it into something on Facebook. I post this image, this new editing style that I'm trying, right? Uh, and ask for feedback and critique. Or hey, I'm going to go to a local community group of photographers. Or you know, there are a million places that we can find community and feedback, or people that we can rely on and trust. Um, but you got to put that into the along the way, so that you can you got to open yourself up, making yourself vulnerable. But at the same time, that can be the opportunity that gives you uh, the momentum and motivation to keep going. Um, you know. Uh, an analogy that I've heard many times is, you know, a plane leaves from New York flying to LA, Miami, let's, let's say Miami, leaving from Miami to, to LA. Um, that plane just doesn't go, okay, the captain just doesn't go, oh, okay, cool. I'm just going to start point A and point B, right? And we'll see when we get there, right? That's that's where I need to go. So I'm plotting that in. So I'm, I'm obviously going to get there because I'm telling the plane right away to go. No, not at all. If like, by the time they get there, LA is like all the way up here, right? All the way out of the, what they need to do and what they're doing almost sometimes to the minute is their course correcting on the mm -hmm. way. Every single blip that they go along, that plane is readjusting to make sure that it's on target. So if there's a big project, or even a small project, like you need to have those opportunities of feedback, course correction, um, and those points can be motivating. Uh, and so they're not always gonna be motivating, but they will always be helpful. And you never know what it might look like by the time that you get there, because you've had a hundred different opportunities of feedback, adjusting, uh, and improving and you've learned at every single juncture one of the things that i do i mean i don't have a gigantic company or anything like that so maybe i can have the benefit of doing the following tip which is like i, I walk away from it for a handful of days so if it's you know if if if, if i know the end result is going to be fantastic let's talk for example a, a, a website building right which is i think like the pain of every single photographer um and if it's giving me a little bit of a hard time, even though I know I need to get this done because it's going to be great for my business, it's going to be great for my clients, I disconnect for two days or three or a week. And then I, you know, I do things that refresh me, that keeps me motivated, and then I come back, recharge. I mean, again, I, as having a small business, I can do that. If you have a huge company, perhaps you cannot do that for, you know, for your business. But I think, uh, I think that we all have the possibility to disconnect, even if it's for an hour. You don't have to be, like if you have an idea that you really, really like, and it's, you know, right now it's giving you trouble, you can walk away from it for an hour at a minimum. 100%, no, no matter what size company. I mean, you as an entrepreneur can never pour from an empty cup, whether it be into mm -hmm. your own business or into others, right? So yes, absolutely. I mean, you have to, you have to protect your own mental health and your own source of inspiration and motivation, right? So yeah, if you're feeling unmotivated, then yeah, you may just be burning it at both ends a little bit too much, right? Um, and you know that, that happens no matter what, no matter when, I can't tell you how many times that's happened, right? But yeah, I mean, I love that idea, like obviously taking just a step back, right? Sometimes, you know, seeing the forest through the trees uh, is, is a little bit di you know difficult and you know the grass isn't always greener you know I don't know how many more, more metaphors I can throw in there mm -hmm. but like you know um, essentially like yeah like perspective is huge right and so giving yourself the opportunity to gain that perspective 
that is massive. Like you know, I always sleep on things at least for one night. You know, I always come at it from a, a few different angles and it's not always right. Of course not. No way. Way more failures than successes. As my dad says, you know, entrepreneurship is always about success, being successful or failing. And you just hope you end on the right one, you know, so, <laughs> um, you know, and, and at a high level, yeah, I totally get that. I think you can engineer success, but, um, but yeah, I mean, as entrepreneurs, we are getting pulled in a million different directions, especially if it's just you against the world in terms of building mm. your business. That feels like a huge daunting task. So you got to give yourself a little grace and you got to pull yourself back a little bit in terms of what your expectations are being placed on yourself by yourself and start realizing like, look, incremental showing up each day, each step along the way and making sure that what you're focusing on and what you've got calendared out uh, is moving towards your goals, not what society or Instagram or whatever tells you your goals should be, right? Um, then at least you can look yourself in the mirror every single day and say, look, I'm giving it 100% of what I feel I need to be giving it. And you know, more than anything, that's being true to yourself. I like what you mentioned that sometimes we want big changes right away, right? We're like, oh, we want to increment our business 30%, whatever. Uh, when we should be focusing on the daily little task that is going to get us to that 30%. So like instead of 30%, could be just like 3% daily or weekly or whatever. Seems doable, seems small, doesn't seem overwhelmed. And then the big picture will be 30%. But I think that sometimes we, we focus on the wrong things, right? We focus on that gigantic, big number, big picture, big project, instead of, as you mentioned, you know, breaking it down into uh, doable task that again we can either correct we can execute we can analyze and then you know take the steps that we need for the next uh, step to be good yeah absolutely i mean 30 percent over the course of an entire year is way more attainable when you look at uh, from a monthly perspective right if you've reverse engineered what that uh, compounds to be then yes it becomes more manageable it becomes okay well then what does that dollar amount translate into when it comes to my clients oh that's that's, you know, the clients that I already have booked you know, upselling them one additional canvas each, right? It could just be that, right? Like, okay, well, that's, that's doable. Okay, well, then how do I, how do I reverse engineer that? How do, how am I able to include that? Or how am I able to, to get to that point? Okay, well, then now it's no longer, I need to make X amount of dollars in 12 months. It's, I need to be able to sell one additional canvas to each client per month, right? Okay, great. Well, that seems a lot more attainable and doable than just this big old, you know, hairy, scary, you know, number, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, it's exactly that. It's the, again, tiny swing. Okay, I tried it this month for these three clients and it didn't work. Okay, does that mean you give up? No, just like, well, how, how do I know it didn't work? What feedback did they give me? Oh, you know, I can't afford it right now. Or, oh, you know what? I just don't see, you know, that this could fit in any particular space. Or like, there's a million different points of feedback and information that you can take to iterate and try again. So yes, I love I love that uh, aspect of it. Just break it down into a couple little things that if you just tweak this one thing, would then cascade to that outcome. Awesome. So let's say that you know we're going through our project, whatever it is, halfway through and motivated. Then we get motivated, and then a brand new thing comes up that looks so much better, so much easier. It is so much fun. Uh, how do we avoid this? You know, shiny object syndrome because I know it happens to everybody. It cannot only happening to me. No, and it, no, and it seems to always appear when you're like doubting yourself, when you're tired, when it's like, here's my solution. So much better. so much easier. It's completely different to what I had first embarked on. But hey, I'm going to change now. Uh, shiny object syndrome is real. Uh, that, <laughs> that is for sure. Um, I, I, would, I would first challenge the, okay, what's, why am I feeling this way, right? Um, first of all, kind of acknowledge that there really are no such things as silver bullets uh, in business growth, right? There might be a couple of tools, like I'm all about buying back your time, all, all about investing in tools that help you save time and earn more. Like that's what CloudSpot does, right? Um, but at the same time, you got to realize that that's not a silver bullet. Nothing's a silver bullet. You have to put in time, you have to learn new tools and platforms that takes away time from some of the other things, right? So again, it's looking at that kind of rice score, right? Like, you know, the impact it's going to have, the time and effort it's going to take to, to make it possible. Um, and yeah, you know, you can say, hey, like, you know, I'm going to give it, I'm going to calendar out some of this time just to try it and see, like, this is what I think it can do. This is what I think it might do. But you know what, I'm going to time box it to just this, because you, what are you going to do, throw out your whole business plan or throw out your entire workflow over something that you think might work, and then you chase it down, and then it delays delivering things to clients, whatever it might be. Um, 
So you really have to take a good look at like, okay, am I just hoping that this is going to be it or do I know? And so how do you get to the I know point and how can you time box that such that it doesn't completely derail your week, your month or your year, right? Um, talk to people who have used it. Talk to people who have utilized it. Come with really good questions. Seek out counsel or whatever before you just dive in, right? You know, I, you know photographers, oh, I want to go full on I, IPS versus, you know, digital delivery or whatever it might be. Those are huge business shifts, right? Not to be taken lightly. Um, and you can waste a lot of time chasing those various things that you just think because you're, you've heard success stories from people on either side of the fence, right? Um, something at a high level, uh, that was told to me that I tell to everyone, uh, fellow entrepreneurs that I meet because it just hit me right there, hit me right in the feels. Um, and it's so true is that most businesses die of indigestion, not starvation. Mm. I'll say I it saw, again. I saw most a visual. <laughs> businesses, yes, most businesses die of indigestion, not starvation. Um, so in terms of chasing that shiny object syndrome, is that leading to indigestion or is that leading to starvation? Um, it's definitely uh, indigestion, right? And so saying no to more things than we say yes to, and I tell this to, to my team all the time, right? Because, you know, everyone's got a million ideas, which is fantastic and I love it. Um, but saying no to more things than we say yes to is the secret weapon to helping you accomplish your goals. Oh, 100%. I think uh, when something like this happens, you should have somebody that you can go to that is gonna like bring you back to reality. Uh, for me, as my husband, he's not in my business at all. So he's very pragmatic, you know? And so when I have a new idea, he's like, hold on, what? No, come back to me later. <laughs> so now I know that, that I'm like, okay, this is like a shiny thing uh, that is just like my imagination. I'm just getting overly excited. I need to like focus on what I need to do. So it's always good to have somebody there to like, I mean, it's not bursting your bubble, you know, if they're just keeping you accountable on what you had said that you were going to do without getting distracted, but like so many things. Yeah. Yeah. And spouses, significant others are great for that. Sometimes they're a little bit more blunt than we would love, you know, <laughs> uh, which is okay. Sometimes tough love is the best mm. type of love, but, you know, really ultimately like breaking things down is simple as it can possibly be in terms of what you feel will help your business be successful. Like simplicity creates clarity clarity creates speed and speed creates momentum and that momentum creates success so like all of those things are building blocks but it starts with simplicity and clarity and the rest takes care of itself if you're always being true to those first couple elements so many quotables out of this podcast <laughs> i love it can you tell I have a few sticky notes that I've just I'm, been like lasered into my brain? As I, like, I want to make sure computer. that I add all these quotables to my Instagram so people can save them and, you know, look at them when they need them. Absolutely. It, it just really comes down to creating that clarity and simplicity on anything and shortening the feedback loop from people that you trust uh, and not allowing to speak kind of truths back into your business. And then you figure out where does that go into my kind of like perfect week of where I'm spending my time, where I'm calendaring my time. And is that, you know, leading into the outcome focused goals that I've reversed engineered, um, you know, backwards to present day. Absolutely. Gavin, you have shared so many great things with us, uh, but obviously this is a marketing podcast and I want to ask you for a marketing tip. Uh, what would this be other than obviously clear and all these other things that you have shared with us? Yeah, I, I would say it's a marketing tip that helped my business in, on the photography side succeed more quickly and mm -hmm. it was something that i still hear to this day that photographers are not spending time and effort into doing and that is marketing i shoot weddings right but mm -hmm. it can be applicable really to any any genre of photography but marketing to your industry mm -hmm. is one of the most overlooked ways that you can grow your business hands down um, what is what is what does what does that mean what do you mean marketing sure. to your industry yeah absolutely um so, you know, in, in, in my head, in terms of our photo industry, I, I, I kind of picture it as two buckets of mm -hmm. places that we could get business at at any given time. Mm -hmm. We can get new couples referred to us by previous couples, mm -hmm. right? So people, you know, our existing clients, and I think a lot of us photographers are like, oh, well, this is all I need. If I just have happy couples, that's going to create this flywheel of just perpetual success. And like, you know, they're going to stand on the street corners and tell everyone they meet that they should hire me for their wedding. 
Um, I wish that were the case. And oftentimes we always have those clients that just will go above and beyond. But especially in the context of weddings, I feel like there's this emotional window that we have to capitalize on someone referring us because yep. life moves on after a special day, after you deliver the images and that crescendo of them showing everyone that they need. And now that the albums have been delivered and the, the prints have been ordered and, you know, they're moving on. They're having kiddos. They're, you know, buying a house, they're changing jobs, they're moving like life moves on. And, you know, unless someone point blank asks them, like, you know, they probably won't refer you like in the sense 100%. of like going out of the way. Right. Um, so what that translates into is you either have to hop on that kind of metaphorical hamster wheel of every single year trying to drum up new business within that, you know, within, you know, brides or, you know, going and finding brides or, you know, trying to find new ways to, to get people, right? Um, SEO, like running ads on, you know, whatever it might be, right? Trying, you know, being active on social media, like that's a, yes, for sure, there is that aspect, but marketing to your industry. So it's the people, the other businesses that you work with week in and week mm, out. I like that this. Is, that is your industry, right? They are the people who are in the same boat as you. They are the ones who are always looking for new couples, right? They are the ones always, but they are working. They are showing up week in, week out, right? Um, and guess what? They don't have the luxury that you do in the sense of they rely on your photos for their business to be successful, full stop, right? Uh, the florist cannot book next month's big job if she does not have the florals from last week's big job that she worked with you mm -hmm. right um and they're the ones that have access to way more clients than you do right like there's a one-to-many effect there when like how many vendors are at a given wedding right 10 at a minimum right? yeah exactly right and how many of those people rely on you and your work for their businesses to be successful virtually all of them right um like no one's business will be less successful if they you know have your images let's just put it that way right like everyone loves to see their work on display and we have that unique position and ability to make that happen for them so you know a, a small example here um in terms of just showing up like like there was us for a venue that we shot. It was a little teeny tiny boutique venue. Could only have a hundred guests max, right? So this beautiful location, this old like um, old style kind of ranch um, on the coast. And what we did is we just, you know, photographed a wedding there, just our first one ever. And we just said, hey, look, this place is gorgeous. And like, we don't see any images really on your website of like how really truly gorgeous this place is. Like, what do you guys need? Like, what can we help? you with would you like a, like a sample album would you like something to put in the office in terms of a canvas like how can we allow more amazing couples to find this place because man like we would love to work here every single weekend if we could it is just phenomenal um and started with that and like oh yeah well you know we would love this that and the other and, and you know what we did is as soon as we delivered images to the couple we delivered them to the venue we got their information we followed up directly we gave them a, not just a, here's the client's gallery, go get 1200 images whenever you have time. Like, no, they don't have time, just like we don't have time. So we perfectly teed it up for them uh, and said, hey, here's exactly what you need. Uh, let us know if you need anything else. Uh, and we followed up with them. And then, you know, we shot another wedding there later that year, just by random circumstance, right? After that, they, they started referring us because we did the same rinse and repeat thing of hooking them up with images, helping them feel like we really, really care um, because they're just clamoring for whatever they can mm -hmm. to show and book more brides. Uh, long story short, that venue for, you know, as long as we were in business was good for 20 weddings a year automatically, automatically. Like, like, hey, are you guys available on this date? Yes, we are. Not anymore. Like, there you go, right? They either want your 5,000 package or your 7,000 package. Uh, we'll put you in touch, right? Like, that's the dream. Like, that is just like, oh my gosh. Like, if that could happen, you know, even a couple times, um, that would just fundamentally shift the trajectory of the business. So looking at it from that perspective of like coming back, it's kind of like reverse engineering. Again, it's like, if I were this vendor, what would I absolutely love? What would wow me and blow me away from the photographer showing me my work? Um, how, how can that experience be, be better? Right. Um, because at the end of the day, like who doesn't want to work with their friends? Like what vendor does not want to work with the photographer who helps make them look like a rock star and gives them everything that they need in a timely manner to help them promote their own business. Like we enable them to be successful, 
you know, or more successful. So like, does the, does the, does the florist or the venue want to work with a photographer who never gives them the images? No, absolutely not. Even if the photos are better, it's like, we feel like, oh, those photos are better. It doesn't matter to mm. them. They need something to show, you know, proof of work, so to speak, um, to help their business continue to go. So I just can't tell you how often that's overlooked, how often photographers just focus on that hamster wheel of brides and clients, rather than looking at the people who they could potentially be working with and referring them work every single weekend um, and not even investing an ounce of time and effort into that uh, just blows my mind. Absolutely. And I think it's great. I've been in business for 11 years and every single time after a wedding, what I do kind of like to piggyback on your idea is I have collected all the information from the vendors, from the client prior to the, the event. So at night when I'm downloading all the photos and making sure that everything is, you know, good and all that, I send an email to all the vendors and I thank them. It's, it's a template that obviously I customize, but like literally copy paste and then just a couple of things that I thank them for the wedding of so-and-so, that it was fantastic working with them and that in about four weeks, if the client allow it, I will share a couple of images. Send that email. The amount of times that I get a reply saying like, first time ever, we get a thank you email. It's unbelievable i'm like what do you mean you should be having an inbox full of thank you emails every single weekend so great because you stand out and then the second thing that i do is as you mentioned i don't send them a gallery with a thousand images i don't think that vendors should have access to all the images of the wedding that's just my personal opinion uh, so i craft a gallery just for vendors when i focus heavily on details and you know whatever i try to think about the florist the venue the cake designer the makeup artist like i try to you know add about 100 to 120 images that everybody can benefit from and let's talk a little bit about cloudspot because i think that will be a great way to send you know that gallery to your vendors it was one of the pain points honestly thank you for that beautiful segue but yes uh, it, it was one of the pain points that we were feeling in our business because we recognized the value that it added mm -hmm. um, but there wasn't a workflow really that fit um like we had to spend way more time than we like would have liked in order to do that right mm -hmm. um and, and so i was just like okay you know that night i was drawing on the back of a napkin of all the features that you know i would want to have in a, in a tool or service that well, could help let me, me let me stop you for a second First of sure. all, what is CloudSpot? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's probably important. Um, so CloudSpot is the fastest and easiest way for photographers, pro photographers, to deliver, share, and sell their work online. Okay. So client galleries, client mobile apps, an online store to sell prints and products, you know, automatically or, you know, through your own lab, like uh, social media workflow streamlining. So, you know, uh, adding uh, Instagram and Facebook captions to the images within your CloudSpot dashboard such that you can easily import those into like a social media scheduling app like Plan or whatever it might be so that you never have to touch your phone. Like we really just kind of take every single one of these workflow pain points in a photographer's business and try and put it all under one roof and streamline that for them. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we have you know, hundreds of millions of images shared across the world and, you know, so many photographers that we are so happy to help. Uh, and, you know, part of this was how do we help them market to their industry? And so, you know, a feature that seems so simple, um, but it, it still has never been done to this day, except with us is the ability for you to select those images, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and rather than create a gallery um, and have them jump through a bunch of hoops just to go and try and get those images from the gallery, what they really want is they just want those images now. They want to mm -hmm. be able to click a button and get exactly what you want them to have at the size you want them to have it with or without a watermark, whatever it might be. Um, but, you know, like you said, they're super busy, right? So how do you take that out of the equation or remove that barrier? With CloudSpot, you can select those images, right, that you've earmarked for your vendor. And with just one click, you can send them a beautifully branded email, template text, right, that you customize, like mm -hmm. that thank you email or whatever it might be. But in that email is a download now button. So it's got your logo, it's got your colors, it's got that beautiful template. But then just click below to get all those images and make sure to, you know, tag us on social media or give us credit, whatever it might be. So literally in one click, they can get everything that you want them to have on their device and able to share it rather than jump through eight or 10 hoops just to go through that gallery, figure out how to do it. And like, they just, their brain just kind of shuts off at that point and goes, you know what, I'll just do it later, right? Mm -hmm. And the goal is getting your images into their hands faster than anybody else such that they can go and have the shortest, you know, workflow possible for them to share it out and help, you know, promote you and help promote themselves. That is fantastic because there's nothing more that, there's nothing that I love more than efficiency. So... Yep. One click, yep. that's it. Awesome.
Yep. And then if you do want to create a gallery or create like a portfolio, as we call them, where like, let's say you've worked with a particular vendor over and over again, you want to give them one place to where, hey, look, if they just go to this one URL, they can see everything that they've ever worked with you. Yeah. Right. And it's just kind of automatically populating uh, as such that they never have to even like juggle all these various links. If they just want to you know, show something to a prospective client and show off your work. Like, how can you make that as easy and one tap simple as possible? So, so it's like having a bunch of tiny portfolios for people to share your work. Exactly. Exactly. So with CloudSpy, you can create as many galleries as you want per event. So let's say you shot that wedding last weekend, right? You have that gallery for your client. And then you also have that unique special curated gallery for your vendor, which could have different permissions or whatever it might be. You could just flip a little switch that says, make that gallery, that special vendor gallery, a part of that unique page I created just for them. Such oh, that all wow. you need to do is just say, hey, you know, uh, Joe and Mary's wedding from last weekend, it's on your page. Go get everything you would need if you ever, you know, if you ever need it, right? And it's there. So like they don't even have to even worry about it. They just literally pull up the phone and it's magically there. And it took you all five seconds to do it. Amazing. I love it. Gavin, thank you so much for sharing with us so many uh, great tips for, you know, sharing all this content about Cloud Spout that I didn't know. So this is amazing. And for your time and energy. I love it. Uh, well, thank you so much. And yes, if anyone wants to check out CloudSpot, they can go to cloudspot.io. It's completely free to create an account and you get 10 gigs. Uh, so more than enough space uh, to share an event or two uh, and to experience some of those efficiencies for yourself. We'd love to help you out. Absolutely. I'm going to make sure to add all the links to this episode. So again, where could people find you online, website, repeat those things. So like make sure that people have it. Sure, absolutely. Cloudspot.io, C-L-O-U-D, spot.io. And you can mm -hmm. create a free account there. No credit card or anything like that. We just let you dive right in and start creating beautiful galleries and sharing like mad. Awesome. And one thing that I need to ask you, because I ask everybody this, what is something that you are currently loving? Doesn't have to be photography or business related. Oh, you know what? I, you know, like how you, you uh, want to be an expert at baking banana bread. I wish I were an amazing gardener. Like I wish I could grow like fruits and vegetables, all these types of things. Like, I don't and, even want to talk about this because that's for another day. <laughs> uh, let, let's just say, yeah, let's just say it's a labor of love that, you know, everyone jokes, you spend like $80 to get $2 tomatoes. That's pretty much what I do. Um, but I love it. I don't know why. I just, I, I love growing things. And so we're giving it another go. It's just starting to be a season over here. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Being there on that one thing that you can plant that we always be grateful, peppers. So if uh, you like a spicy things, get all the peppers because th they survive anything, apparently. <laughs> you know what? Foolproof is my kind of thing. I think I can, I think I can do that. <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for your time if you listen all the way to the end thank you so much for being here remember to screenshot this add us to social media i love to repost you and thank you so much for being here until next time ciao thanks for listening to today's episode for more info about marketing tips for photographers and show notes please visit thetogrepublic.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Want even more? Join our marketing community group. Just search for The Tog Republic Group on Facebook. Until next week.